Welcome to the Endangered Words podcast. Sorry to everyone who listens to the podcast, as I am late again. As it is the holiday season, and I have to record these in between my real job, shopping, preparing to go overseas, and various other duties, I hope you can understand. If you are a return listener, I want to thank you for choosing to continue to listen. If you are new to the podcast, I would like to say welcome and let you know a little about the podcast. Each week, I seek out endangered languages and go through the information I find in the hopes of giving these languages more exposure. As I do each week, I want to let people know that I am no professional. I am simply an enthusiast who spends his free time studying language and grammar. This week, I wanted to focus on a revival success story, as last week's episode was quite grim for me. I found it honestly sad to see such a dire state of affairs. Therefore, I am very much looking forward to sharing this week's positive story with you. Today, we are looking at the Celtic language of the Isle of Man, Manx or Gilg. It is a language closely related to Irish and Scottish Gaelic, and is spoken now by roughly a few thousand people. As it is similar to Irish and Scottish Gaelic, there are some levels of intelligibility between the languages. However, there are many points in which the languages are different as well. The language has had a pretty rough history, but as I mentioned last week, it is also a success story. The Isle of Man is an island in the sea between Ireland and Britain. At one point, it was likely a Brythonic-speaking area, but this language seems to have been replaced by Gaelic sometime before the fourth century. At some point, the island was controlled by the Norse, as was much of Scotland, leaving a little of the influence of the Norse on the language and the landscape. This influence mostly comes in the form of place names. Over time, English began to be used more on the island. And this has had a big effect on the language, with it changing to become very different from its other Goidelic brothers, Gaelic and Irish. Closer to our modern age, the language began to disappear, until around the 1970s, when the last native speakers passed away. With those deaths, Manx was considered extinct. Clearly, this is not the whole story. And later, I will speak a little about the story of after Ned Madril. The language shares a lot of the grammar and sounds with Gaelic, though due to its contact with English and its relative isolation, it did lose some of the consonants that are still found in Gaelic and Irish. It also features its own unique writing system. For whatever reason, the Isle of Man didn't adopt the orthography of Ireland and Scotland. Instead, having a writing system based upon English and Welsh developed for it around the 16th century by a Bishop Phillips, most likely for the sake of printing and studying the Bible. The orthography of the island is very contentious to this day, with many advocating for the island to adopt a more Gallic orthography, whilst others believing that the current writing system is unique and shouldn't change. I personally think that having an orthography like Gaelic or Irish would help intelligibility, 
I can't help but feel that there is something unique and charming about Manx's writing system. Gilg, as it's called in Manx, has two main dialects, the North and South dialects, which differ in some pronunciations and what parts of words are dropped. In the South, some initial G sounds are dropped from words, but such sounds are preserved in the North. The word Glen in the North is Glioden, whereas in the South it is said Lioden. The word Gu is said as Gu in the South and Gi in the North. The word La is La in the South and La in the North. Manx also features an interesting phenomenon that is missing from other Gallic languages. This phenomenon is called pre-occlusion. This causes little sounds to be inserted before a consonant, an example of which is the word ben in Manx becoming bedden. Another example is shen, meaning that becoming shedden. The language historically had four cases like Gallic, but over time, these cases have been greatly reduced. It still has remnants of the genitive or possessing form, as well as the dative or indirect object form. The vocative still exists as well, but it too has been reduced over the years. Manx and East Perthshire Gaelic feature similarities such as making the final V sounds into OO sounds and dropping certain particles. An example of this can be seen in the phrase I am doing. In standard Gaelic, it would be Hami Ajaniv. In East Perthshire Gaelic, it is Hami Janu. In Manx, it is Tami Janu. Another similarity is the word for morning. In standard Gaelic, it is mostly Madden. In East Perthshire, it is often Muhra. And in Manx, it is Mora. There are countless other similarities that I will not get into now, but it is interesting that areas quite a ways away from each other speak in such similar ways. I'm now going to say some sentences in the Manx language. He looks happy. For fear of making a mistake. Are you making the bed? All's well that ends well. Everything went off well. Didier demai lesh dach The number of speakers of the revived language is continuing to increase every year, and I have personally seen a lot of interest from people around the world. There is an established and popular Manx language school on the Isle of Man called the Bundskol that is helping to teach the young generation the language, improving its chances of continuing into the future. Now, let us touch on a little bit more of the grammar of the Manx language. 
Manx has grammatical gender or noun class, with feminine nouns lenighting or changing after the word the. For example, boer, meaning cow, becomes avua after a. As mentioned earlier, Manx has some noun case. The dative follows after words such as to the, on the, in the, etc. An example of this is once again boer, but after dan, or to the, in Manx. After dan, it becomes dan vua. This mutation of the first letter doesn't affect all letters, only some special letters such as B, M, and a few others. The vocative or the addressing form of nouns also causes mutations in the first letter of some words. The vocative, however, is only really used for personal names these days, it would seem. An example of the vocative would be the name Juan becoming a Yuan. The genitive case does exist in Manx, but often seems to only show up in fossilized set phrases and words. An example of this is the word for football, blukenkorja. The word korja is the genitive or possessing form of kas, meaning foot. In this case, the word is remembered as a set, but in other cases, the genitive is simply abandoned in favor of the nominative. An often used pattern for avoiding the genitive in Gallic is using the word at, which is used for possession. This pattern is also used in Manx. An example would be ta'aranem, I have bread, or there is bread at me. To say the bread of the dog, you could say anaran ekamotha, or the bread at the dog. This genitive avoidance, while less common in Standard Gallic, in the dialects of Gallic and in Manx, it happens quite often. Let's now look at why the language is the way it is. A big reason for the language having fallen out of use seems to be the influence of English and immigration. After being under the influence of the Norse and the Scots, the island became increasingly influenced by the English. With many from Britain coming to settle on the island, as well as trade and tourism from Britain, meaning English became essential in everyday life for a lot of Manx. This all culminated in the Manx language being left behind and almost being abandoned to history. Now we shall have a look at what has kept the language alive and how they were able to turn it around from the last native speaker dying in the 1970s to having thousands of speakers. The last native speaker of the old generation was Ned Madrill. He, along with a bunch of other native Manx speakers, were recorded by some folk from Ireland in the 1940s, leaving us some invaluable insights into their pronunciation and intonation. These recordings can be found on YouTube. Ned Madrill helped to teach the language to a small group of enthusiasts that helped to keep the language alive, promote it and build upon it. One of these people was Doug Farragher. 
Doug Farragher worked tirelessly to record, catalogue, and promote the language, working on dictionaries, learning material, and other resources that are still used today. Another person who helped to promote the language was John Gell, who created graded lessons for learners and wrote in the language. Another who has helped the language a lot is Brian Stowell, who has also created a lot of material for the language. There are likely countless others who have helped the language and worked hard to keep it afloat, but I am not really sure of who they are. I do know of one person whose name shows up everywhere you find Manx online. The officer for Manx, Adrian Kane. On Twitter, YouTube, the Learn Manx website, and I'm sure countless other places, his voice has been the voice that greets learners and helps them through the process of becoming Manx speakers. It is through this multi-platform approach that the language has grown wings, making it available to people within and outside of the Isle of Man. This leads well into the next section of the podcast. How can I learn Manx? Manx, for being a minority language that was declared dead at one point by the UN, has some of the best free language learning content available. The first stop for any learner would be the Learn Manx website. On this site, there are countless free courses, books, stories, articles, and much more. It also has an archive of recorded content available. The next stop would be Say Something in Manx. This comes with a caveat, though. The course is not entirely free, but the first part at least is available for free. Once you have a little of the language under your belt, you can head over to the YouTube channel Manx National Heritage to listen to recordings of the last native speakers from the 1940s. The videos offer transcriptions as well for people who can't quite follow what they are saying. Whilst you are on YouTube, you should head to Adrian Kane's YouTube channel as it, too, hosts a lot of great Manx content. Another website that I love is Talu. The web address is taggloo.im. This is a fantastic service that provides a dictionary with sentences as well as audio. It is really handy for getting to grips with different sentence patterns and I find it extremely useful. There are, of course, many other services available online that can help you to learn the Manx language. But the ones that I have stated should be an awesome start for you if you are truly looking to get into the language. I would like to finish up this podcast with some thoughts about the language and the success story of its resurrection. It is stories like Manx's that give me hope for the future of minority and minoritized languages. A language that was effectively dead coming back to life with a resurgence of interest in Manx culture on the island alongside it. As I have stated before, 
language isn't just a means of communication, but a window into a shared heritage. For people from Man, it gives them a front-row ticket to the story of themselves. How did they come to be, and how did the place they call home come to exist as it does? The influences of our childhood stay with us throughout our lives, and having something to call their own would have a significantly positive effect on the children now growing up on the island, or so I would imagine. Some may argue that having a minority language as a second language is useless, but to be honest, I personally have found that I've been able to learn other languages easier having studied Gaelic, even if the languages I am learning are nothing like Gaelic. I believe that having a second language starts a brain down a path of viewing the world from different perspectives, and that is a positive. One sad thing to note, however, is that I have noticed people in the Gaelic and Irish communities, from time to time, have a tendency to make fun of Manx due to the different orthography and the pronunciation. I think it a great shame that some people are unable to tolerate difference, and it echoes what happened within the Irish and Gaelic communities. East Perthshire dialect, for example, was often the butt of jokes due to it not being pure enough. Manx therefore suffers from a similar level of critique. The truth is, though, the people who are looking for some pure standard will not find one. Everyone who speaks Gaelic, as with any other language, will speak it in their own way. Yes, Manx has a different writing system and might sound different, but that just adds to its uniqueness. It doesn't need to sound or look like Gaelic or Irish because it is neither of those two. I also personally think that the writing system of Manx looks kind of sweet. It is true that there will be a level of mutual intelligibility if everyone wrote the same way, but then we would just have everyone start to conform to one standard, erasing the beautiful linguistic diversity which currently exists. The Gallic languages will continue to change and grow away from each other, and that is okay. Just like siblings in a family, we might be different but we should still love each other. I hope you've enjoyed this what is the last podcast for 2018. I will be back next year, sometime after New Year's. I'm not sure when, but hopefully over the holiday season, I can get some scripts prepared for the new year. Have a lovely Christmas for those who celebrate it, a lovely holiday for those who don't, and have a happy and safe new year.